1: Hello, and welcome to the Chronicles of Nanny, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I'm your host, Martha Reddick, and this week we are going to be talking about kids and humor. And to do that, I've brought an expert on the subject, Leah Fryers. Hello, Leah. Hello, Martha. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm well. Excellent. Leah... Uh, used to be a nanny in Chicago, and now she has left us in Chicago to go live in LA and be a big star.
0: This is semi true. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, how is it out in LA? It's I can't complain. Uh, it did
0: rain today, but Whoa. you know we do need that in the desert. So yes. I, I welcome all the all the rain,
1: all the kinds of weather,
0: all kinds of weather here. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it, uh, it's very cold and going back below zero here in Chicago, so.
0: False spring. You got a false spring and they said psych.
1: Yep, they did. It was a joke. That groundhog was just like, no. Um, well, great. Well, uh, just... Can I have a little bit of background on your nanny journey? I know that you're not technically a nanny right now, but you have been for many years. This is true.
0: Yeah. I was a nanny in Chicago, like you said, for five years. Before that, I was a nanny for um, a couple more years. I've been doing childcare since probably like 12 or 13, Mm -hmm. Um, different kinds of babysitting and then getting into nanny. I was a live-in nanny for a little less than a year. Um, so I've got all different types of experiences, different age ranges. And yeah, now you're right. I'm not nannying anymore, but I still do have quite a few friends that are still nannies. Yes. So I, I like to gripe with them and talk to them about many things their kids have said and you know, all that good stuff. And I do still keep in contact with my nanny kids, which is really nice. It's awesome to see them grow up. They are so, so big now. It's crazy. I
1: know. Um, yeah. So uh, Leah is still on our like nanny chat, <laughs> yes. uh, so when we group text, Leah still gets all the updates on our okay. little playground. know. no, <laughs> <Yep. laughs> she's gotta know. I gotta know. <laughs> well, let's talk about humor and kids it's, and how it. important it is. It's
0: super important. I'm glad you started with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I knew it was important. I knew it was developmentally important. Yeah. But I in researching for this found out how important it is. I guess I didn't I didn't know the level of importance of humor and how much you can tell about developmental milestones through kids understanding and use of humor.
0: This is true and I am going to um... Oh. I'm going to be the first to say that I'm not an expert in the um, medical and developmental side of things. But, you know, just from seeing seeing for myself how things have developed in the different age ranges of the kids that I have taken care of, um, I've seen it through that aspect. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And is, we, it, I, I loved when we would do playdates together. I would see you use humor, like, moment to moment. It comes very naturally to you, um, or it seems that way to me. And it was – it just kept everybody – you know, you I could tell that a kid, one of your kids was maybe, like, about to step into tantrum zone, and mm-hmm. I saw you, like – open the door and be like, you can walk through this door of fun (laughs) and laughter instead of tantrum. (laughs) Diffusion,
0: diffusion of the situation. And I think that a lot of that comes from um, my biggest thing with humor I mean, there are a bunch of different reasons why humor is so important, but one of the biggest ones that I think for me, especially is not taking yourself too seriously.
1: Yes. So
0: so when those tantrums do come up, it's like, yeah, we could, we could get into this and make this a really big deal. Or we could realize, you know what, it might not be the biggest thing in the world. Let's find something else we can laugh about something else we can draw our attentions to, um, to, to step ourselves away from that. But yeah, yeah I think that's like one of the biggest things for me. Um, and and I don't know like how humor starts, but I, I do think that um, I was a mid- I am a middle child, not was. I still am. <laughs> yes. And I think a lot of my the way that I got attention was through um, making people laugh and and realizing that early was easy for me because then I just was like, great, that's the way I got to do it. And that's why
1: I'm going to do it for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And here you are. Here I am. Making lots of people laugh to this day. This is true. Um, Well, let's talk a little bit through the developmental stages. So the article that I'm going to be referring to is on Scholastic, and it's called Ages and Stages. Don't forget to laugh. The importance of humor. Um, And so this kind of goes through the different ages and stages, as it's (laughs) called. Um, They named it appropriately. Who'd have thunk? And (laughs) talks about the importance of the different uh, ages and stages. So from zero to two, this section is called giggles. And this is where... A lot – like, Peekaboo is huge in this stage, zero to two. My goodness, Peekaboo is yeah. so huge.
0: I would say, too, um, that this is, like – I humor for me is the way that I introduce myself to kids. Yeah. I think it's the easiest way for me to find a common connection because – laughing is like something that you can share with somebody and it's usually a social activity. I mean, sometimes, you know, you laugh by yourself, but it's usually a social activity. So it introduces kids to that right away. So even, you know, even if I didn't know the developmental stages of like what kids can find funny, you kind of do trial and error with that. Like, you know, you're always seeing babies in the grocery store checkout lines and you're trying to make silly faces at them to get them to laugh. I do that. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. We all do it because it's the easiest way. And you want, you know, you see this cute baby, you want to see what they can do with their faces. You want to show them what you can do with theirs and like without, you know, being too aggressive and making the mother turn around or father and saying, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing that to my child? And you you can't touch kids without asking. So (laughs) that's the easiest way is like making faces and sounds. And for, for baby babies, that's, that is what they find funny um, are the faces that they don't see normally and how you're contorting them into different ways and the different noises that you make because it maybe
1: isn't a sound that you've heard before. Right, that's, yes. And so uh, that um, that ability to start to uh, understand that, okay, this is not a normal pattern of behavior, and then yeah. to find that funny, one signals that that child feels safe, because if it uh, was not normal and they didn't feel safe, then it would not be funny to them. Correct. So it's important that they feel safe. And then, but yes, that like, oh, this isn't normal. And another article um that I found, which is uh on Psych Central, and it's called Humor as a Key to Child Development. And I'll link all these. But it talks about how like a two year old will find nonsense words really funny um because of that. Uh, aspect of, like, this isn't a normal pattern of speech. So, like, bottle, battle, biddle. If you say that to a two-year-old, they'll think it's so funny, especially if you say it and then make a face. <laughs> that's right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think that's, that's so interesting. And then also the development of object permanence (laughs) yes
0: well and I like what you said about um it being a safe space because that's like a really important thing about peekaboo for example is that whole idea of like I'm going away and and the child gets a little scared at first like wait where did you go I don't know this yet and then you come back and then if it becomes a pattern they realize oh something that was scary is maybe now fun and that's another like good resource of humor is to soften some things that we might think are scary. And right. And that's not so scary.
1: Yeah. Just like in Harry Potter. Uh, yes. With the boggart. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, yeah. And then I also think it's fun to watch them in this stage because this is the stage that I'm currently working with. Yeah. And they – once they understand a concept like peekaboo – and they start playing it on their own. Mm-hmm. That's so fun. I saw yeah. – I am in a nanny share with two babies. And they sat on – or stood on opposite sides of a coffee table and mm-hmm. were playing peekaboo with each other. Okay. And it was the cutest thing. That's awesome. Yeah, and they did it for five solid minutes, which I mean. Is- Baby time is
0: years. They did that for years. I was going to say, yeah, they can go a lot longer than we can. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Which is part of the development. So they will continue to play that game until they kind of have explored all the nooks and crannies of it. And then it stops being funny to them and they move on to the next humorous milestone. Right.
0: And, yeah, it is a lot about that repetition for them, too. which comes in like all different aspects of child rearing, like the books that, you know, are made. They have a lot of repetitive sentences then
1: because kids love that. Yes, they do. They need that repetition. (laughs) So then the next stage is from three to four. Um, And so threes start enjoying sharing their sense of humor with significant adults. So this is where they start to feel – they start to try out jokes. And like the one that they share in this article is, um, look, you have a lion hand. And then they (laughs) laugh and laugh. (laughs) You know? And it's like if you're not there and present with a kid, then that's not funny. But if you are – present with a kid which i think is another really important aspect of humor with kids is that in order for everyone to find something funny you all have to be really present together yes to build that humor um so and this is where you start playing with language more. A three-year-old is definitely starting to play with language. It's also where potty humor starts coming into play because they're uh, potty training. Yeah. And so they're working through that using humor, um, which we'll talk a little bit more about potty humor a little later in the podcast. But uh, I think that's so interesting that... Yeah, yeah. Their humor reflects... Kind What's, of their biggest fears, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because
0: it's like that thing, you know, what was scary is now fun because we're trying to make light of hard situations.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then they also start inventing silly stories so that imagination starts really uh, flourishing. So yes. the one that they give in this is, my dog flew up into the sky and jumped around on pep Uh, pepperoni pizza pies. Yeah.
0: And I think that that's one of the other biggest reasons why humor is so important in development and in kids and it's still in us is that it like, it gives us different perspectives of things It it allows us to think outside of the box. And this is one of like the biggest things I know you've taken several improv classes and that's Mm -hmm. like a huge rule of improv is when you think, when you get a suggestion, try to think of the exact opposite thing of that. Right. On whatever is not directly related. And kids can do that super easily. When we're older, we have a lot more things that kind of block us from from reaching those choices. But for kids, it's very, very easy. So really harnessing that and allowing them to do that opens them up to different perspectives and um, different aspects of life and unconventional ways of thinking.
1: Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, yeah. and it allows them to... Um, Play with things in a really safe way. So play with concepts. Yes. um, And kind of turn them on their head. Uh, And then finally, five to six, because that's as high as they go in this article. um, They said this is the let's get the bad guys stage. Um, So it talks about uh, like knock knock jokes And how important learning that predictable pattern is for kids this age. Um, I always do that knock-knock, who's there, Uh, interrupting cow, interrupting cow, moo. Yeah. I do that with kids and teach it to them and see when they start understanding comedic timing.
0: Oh, that's a great one. Yeah.
1: Because it clicks in, but you have to have taught them a typical knock knock joke first. Yeah. Because that's one upping the typical yeah. knock knock joke.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, and they have to understand the pattern of it too, which they do.
1: Right.
0: I'd say also that these um, age breakdowns are true, but also, you know, when you have multiple kids, they start to develop them earlier. Like uh, the kids that I nannied for the Younger one was starting to get into Doc Doc Jones as the older one was,
1: right? Uh, yes,
0: and, and he didn't understand it as well as the older
1: one, which was even better, you know. That's even more funny, it's even more funny, <laughs> yes. Um, and then, yeah, it becomes uh, humor becomes like a language f- at this stage for kids, so mm-hmm. the you'll see kids start to entertain each other more with language-based humor. They certainly are doing more slapstick stuff before this. Mm -hmm. Um, But they also do slapstick-type humor in this stage as well. Um, And then it's also socialization, so you can start working out problems through humor. Um, And it's also brain food. So this – humor becomes a way for them to learn. Yeah, about everything.
0: Yeah, and I I think it's also learning it, the development way of like um it de-stresses you. Mhm. Because it's got all of the, you know, you can get fancy and technical with the the feel good chemicals for your brain, but it totally, I mean, laughter just releases that just as much as exercise does, and um, so yeah, you have all those endorphins that are just making you happier when you're when you laugh when you make people laugh.
1: Yes, and that that's so true. And uh, laughter does also give your body a little bit of a workout. You use lots of that's, muscles. That's true. When you laugh, so. And, you know, your face hurts when you laugh too hard. And And your abs sometimes. And your abs, yeah. Um, Great. So we've talked about some of the ways that kids make each other laugh. As Mm -hmm. nannies, what are some ways that we can get kids to laugh?
0: Yeah, so I think this is very tricky because it's, you know, personal preference of what you, humor <laughs> is subjective, as it should be. Mm-hmm. And so, I think, especially when you're starting to meet kids for the first time, you don't want to, you know, come right out of the gate super mm-hmm. aggressive. You want to see what they respond to, what they react to. Kids are your toughest audience, and they will let you know right away if something is not funny right. because they will not <laughs> <at you. laughs>
1: they will they stare, stare at you
0: again. But I think it also, you know, is dependent on the different age uh, and stage of where you are. Like we kind of covered before how, you know, babies, we make silly faces at them. And if we're nannying, you know, there's the whole bouncing on the knee, like anything kind of physical. Um, funny story, I used to, you know, you when you tickle babies and you say tickle, 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 they kind of expect that whole thing to happen and they laugh and most of the time. <laughs> so I would do that with the youngest one that I nannied and then we had a new baby in our nanny group. And because I used to do that to him when I would come into the house, like first thing, he started to do that to this little baby and he would just like mimic what I would do. And he obviously was not tickling her because he, his fingers (laughs) (laughs) weren't as dexterous as mine are, but um, you know, he would try to just tickle, tickle, tickle her and she wouldn't laugh, but you know, Mm -hmm. he thought it was very funny and um so that's like as they got older i would have to do different things and you know we'd get into knock knock jokes and because i have a little more experience with comedy i was able to shape when my jokes didn't land with them mm-hmm. um i would take that as a way to put the humor back on me instead of like oh you didn't laugh at that that's not funny i'm you know i'm really sad i would go you know, blow into a pretend microphone and say, "Is this Micah?" No one like that joke. <laughs> I'm on my list of jokes I can tell, and the next one, which they thought was funny, and then I would start to develop that with them in their comedy routines, so to speak. You right. know, and that's a really good way to um, to help steer away from that potty humor or those jokes that you maybe don't want them to be telling. It's kind of like, an, uh you've had better or, like, not your best work, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that they are kind of, like, their whole life is developing this comedy routine that they, that is acceptable in any situation.
1: Yes, I love that, though, of um, teaching them gently about the yeah. different types of humor and and the ways that humor can be used. Yeah. So... Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I found on Psychology Today, an article about, um, this breaks it down into four different types of humor and four Mm -hmm. different styles. So going off of what you just said, there's affiliative humor, which, uh, involves telling jokes about things that everyone might find funny. So in this one, it references like Jerry Seinfeld tells, um jokes, you know, about everyday things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but finding the humor in that every day. And so the goal of this type of humor is to create a sense of fellowship and happiness and well-being. So this is the type of humor that – or one of the types of humor that is very good to focus on when you're working with kids because this is the type of humor that bonds us together. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think that idea of, you know, joking about the mac and cheese (laughs) of the day or, you know, little things that happen in your day because you do develop this language and world with your nanny kids, certainly.
0: Yeah, and that's the one that, like, we can all find in common because it's about, you know, like, everyday objects that we all see Mm -hmm. or things that we share in common, yeah.
1: Yeah, and uh, this says if you're fond of jokes about animals or everyday occurrences, then you're using affiliative humor, which – I think, yeah, this is one of the best ones to use with kids. Uh, And then there's aggressive humor. So this involves put-downs or insults targeted towards individuals. Um, So this is the type of humor that we need to help kids learn that this can get into the bullying arena. Um, And so and this is sometimes intended to threaten or psychologically harm others, which I'm sure that kids, uh, most of the time, that's not their intention. They're just testing boundaries. Um, But this is a really, if you see a kid using this type of humor, it's good to have a chat with them about how their words matter and how we can um, use humor to build people up or we can use it to tear people down and it's better to build people up with it. Yeah. And I think an important
0: thing to note here is that um, it's it's good to have those conversations, but you don't want to give them too much of a negative reaction to things right? because then they might think that that is funny. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just how kids don't laugh at us when things aren't funny, I would say just don't laugh at them. Like another one of mm, not your best work. I didn't think that was funny. And here's why. Right. Yes. And not, not saying like, we never say those things, you know, like making them afraid of it because you want them to know that we can have a conversation about it. There are people that do use that kind of humor, but it's not nice.
1: <laughs> right. Yes. And, um, and yeah, and I think also talking about your preferences, uh, in humor, because a lot of times I really don't like comedians that use aggressive humor. Oh, no,
0: me neither. Um, but I do love potty humor.
1: <laughs> yes. But potty humor is an aggressive humor. I would argue that potty humor is actually affiliative humor because oh, everyone so. has – everyone poops. But a lot of people don't like potty humor. Exactly. So, so – tricky part, yeah. It's very tricky. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so the next one that they list is self-enhancing humor. So this is being able to laugh at yourself, such as making a joke when something bad has happened to you. Um, And it's that same like trying to find humor in everyday situations, but you're making yourself the target of it. So like one day I spilled all the peas all over the ground, and we had a real good laugh about that. Um, Mm -hmm. And this talks about – John Stewart used it a lot when he hosted the daily show of, like, maybe I just don't understand or, like, I'm not the brightest guy. Mm. Um, so things like that um, to bring other people up by kind of making yourself the target of the humor.
0: Yeah. And that's something good, too, to use. like And when the physical thing happens, calling it out out loud and, you know, silly Martha. And then the yes. kids just pick red
1: on that yes exactly um but the other side of that coin is self-defeating humor so this is putting yourself down in an aggressive or poor me fashion and it can be manipulative Uh, because you're making yourself the butt of a joke to elicit an emotional response of sympathy from others um so yeah talking about the really uh nuanced difference between those two types of humor of like join with me laughing at these peas spilling or like oh my gosh these peas spilled and it's the worst thing ever and that's not very funny but you get what i'm saying yeah yeah it's the laughing with not that. Mm-hmm. and i think that's a super important thing to teach kids. Yeah. Um so yeah, what are some examples of good times to use humor with kids?
0: Yeah, so I think that this is also a, it's an easier thing for adults because we know how to read rooms. Yes. <laughs> but children maybe not so much. But I think um, humor can be used a lot of times when you need to break tension. Like like how you were saying how when kids have are about to have a tantrum, and you kind of present another option to them, like yes, we could freak out about this, or we could find the hilariousness and all the peas that are now on the floor, <laughs> <laughs> right? And eat like oh boy, isn't that just something? Um, I also think if something is like embarrassing or super super frustrating, we can find. Ways to have humor alleviate some of that tension and to make those situations less stressful. Um, I know that for the kids that I would, would watch, um, getting ready was kind of hard for them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And a lot of this was them putting that on, but we turned it into hilarious fun games anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know getting the shoes on the right feet and not getting so frustrated when they do end up being on the wrong feet and like how uncomfortable that feels some of the times the kids would get really frustrated but we just you know turn it into a silly thing like how goofy is that that you have feet in the opposite direction like (laughs) we didn't know that or and I think that's also really important too is taking that time for the Mm -hmm. humor so you have to know like do you have enough time to play this silly game where putting your coat on your feet instead of on your arms is, you know, not going to make you late or any of those types of things. But I think it is important to um, take those opportunities if and when you can. Um, Yeah. Yeah.
1: And learning, you know, that to leave some cushion time, for humor (laughs) um i think that that is very helpful and you can't always do that obviously um but and i think saying i know that we usually have a lot of fun you know putting our coats on the wrong way and all that but today we're running behind so we can't do that today but i can't wait to play this game again with you tomorrow
0: yeah and that's something that we we definitely used to do we would um call it having the sillies of course uh-huh and, you, and but sometimes we would do it for for them and for me like do you think we have enough time for the sillies today like I think we do or and we would do it a lot before naps or before bedtime and I would make it so that you know sometimes they would ask for a little more silly time and sometimes I would yeah. so sometimes I would say to them like hey I don't think I got my sillies out do you think it's okay if we do like one more minute of silly before nap time so that they know that it's It's okay for them to ask and it's okay for me to ask. And it's okay to have a little more time. And sometimes they would be like, you know what? I'm tired. I don't want to hear it anymore.
1: (laughs) And I respect that. (laughs) Yeah, that open honesty is really great. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I also think that any time can potentially be a good time to use humor with kids. But you do have to judge the the situation, and how the kid how safe the kid is feeling, because I don't think that you can laugh uh, when you don't feel safe. or the laugh that you give is more of an armor instead yeah. of a genuine laugh. yeah, I agree with that. So, in that vein, what are some bad times to use humor with kids?
0: Uh, I think sometimes we use humor when, you know, to shake things off if you get physically hurt, because a lot of times, like your pain is how you perceive it. So if a kid sees that you know adults are looking at him or her when they've fallen down, they're gonna you know lean into that a little bit more and right. hurt. <laughs> but um, I and I got this actually from um, watching the kiddos do group sports and group activities because there's no way those coaches can stop and make sure that every single kid is okay when they fall down. Cause they fall down all the time. Right. So, so to watch them, you know, put out the arms and yell safe or, Oh yeah, you did it. Ouch. Oh, look at that knee scrape on your knee. Like it, it automatically puts a positive spin on the fall. Not saying that you shouldn't check to make sure that they're okay. But, um, I think it's a good, a good tool to use. But then there's also that flip side of like, no, that kid is really hurt. And maybe not the best time to use humor when
1: we're really in a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, And I think that's true of emotional pain as well. Um, So there are certainly like little uh, emotional scrapes that, that kids get into that you can help them, uh, overcome using yeah yeah, diffuse using humor but then there's also if they're really um emotionally wounded Mm -hmm. then they're not going to be able to find it funny right then or they probably are not able to find it funny um and that's when you respond with those i see you are really frustrated um and then you can work your way back to humor and i think ending a an a conflict resolution talk, or a um, an emotionally, you know, like if yeah. they go to the cool down area, you can work from wow, that was, you were experiencing some really big feelings. Can we talk about those? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you really
0: don't want to minimize those feelings at all by, by telling jokes, which sometimes can happen. Yes. So it is important to recognize those. And I think it is easier for adults than it is for kids. So, you know, just passing that info down and is, is helpful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And I've seen siblings, I've seen a lot of siblings that when, uh, especially if it's the older sibling and their younger sibling gets hurt or is upset, they will try to use humor. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it works beautifully and sometimes it doesn't. And so yeah. then helping, you know, then after you've comforted the younger child, then you often have to comfort the older child when their humor uh, didn't work. And so yeah. keeping that in mind of, like, it also hurts when when you're really trying to be funny and inclusively funny and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and helping them work through that of – I saw what you were trying to do. I saw that you were trying to cheer your brother up. That was so sweet. And I just don't think he was ready at that point.
0: Yeah. And I think that's an interesting thing too, is like, while there are these like different types of humors, I've never like known what these were called, but you, you know, to you know that everyone has a different sense of humor and different types of humor and think different things are funny. Again, it's subjective. So so telling kids, like, why, you know, why didn't they think that was funny? Well, not everyone thinks that that's
1: funny. <laughs> right. okay with that. Yeah. that's a good lesson to learn young. It is. It, it's a very good lesson to learn um, at any point in your life. If yeah, maybe. but especially young. But especially when you're young, yes. Um, which, speaking of, can you teach kids to be funny?
0: I 100%. Think so? Yeah, I think that they are just like waiting for that. And once they appreciate and like find what's funny, they pick up on it. They try and they fail on different people, on different types of things. What we find funny, what we don't find funny. And if you're like good at harnessing that and good at helping them hone in on their skills of that, anybody can be funny. Anybody.
1: I agree totally. Um, They're- and I will say so. Uh my kids that I used to nanny and Leah's kids that she used to nanny were all in a play group and, uh, we were playing over at their house and Kate, who has also been on the podcast, was their nanny at this point. And there was this one time that, (laughs) they were playing with this giant whoopee cushion but they also had that chewbacca mask that when you open your mouth it makes chewbacca sounds and i said if you put on the chewbacca mask and set on the whoopee cushion it would become a wookie cushion and only leah's kids got it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I gotta say, I
0: remember specifically the moments when I first, well, for the youngest one, when I first heard him laugh and what made him laugh, and then for the oldest one, what his first joke was, and it was a pun. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, puns yeah. are great. Yeah,
0: puns. He was really into the pun humor, which was awesome because yeah.
1: that's hard to understand. It <laughs> is. It is. And um, and I I think it's really. They're operating on a lot of different levels when they're using puns. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. One of my current nanny babies, she's – she was, I would say, like 14 months at this point. Um, I made a pun – oh, she was waving at me because she learned how to wave. And I said, that's so waving. (laughs) And she laughed, and I think it's just because of how I said it, yeah. and then I kind of, like, tilted my head, like, eh, eh? And she laughed, <laughs> yeah. but I was like, there's no way you understood the actual pun. Yeah. You have to know so much. Like, re- there was a yeah, show exactly. called That's a Raven. She would never know that. <laughs> not Probably yet. Probably not.
0: Right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, by the older kid – of my nanny kids, his first joke. And we, I mean, when he told it and we learned that that was his first joke, we celebrated the crap out of it. Like (laughs) we went home and told everyone, we're like, you gotta hear this joke. He has, you know, the, um, the snack pirates booty was a staple of their diets and (laughs) it was around Halloween time. And he looked at the bag and he said, you know, when Halloween rolls around, they should really call it Pirates' Booty, <laughs> and I lost my little mind. I it was the funniest thing I had heard all day. Yes, and we were so proud of him, and he was so proud of himself. So.
1: That's amazing.
0: He didn't even know it was a joke until we we started laughing at
1: it. Right? Yeah. yeah. But it's so fun to see them play with it.
0: It was great.
1: Um. Okay, let's talk about potty humor because –
0: this I was going to say is another bad timing. Also at the expense of other people is a bad time. Oh,
1: yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: I just – I really don't agree with that at all whatsoever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I've been trying to think – because, you know, as adults we talk about it as like punching up, Mm -hmm. um, that you always want to be punching up. I would love to figure out a way <laughs> that is not talking about violence. Uh yeah. to explain that concept to kids. Um. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't done that. If you all are listening and you have an idea, please email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Yes, definitely. And tell me. Because I would because I think that's an important concept, but I also think talking about punching down versus punching up Got the word punch in it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just not a great visual.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> To be no. like,
1: we should be punching up. is not <laughs> – I don't want to say that to children. I <laughs> don't want so, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I would love different language for that idea because I do think that that's another important thing to say is, you know, if somebody is already having a bad day, then right. that's not a person that – you should make fun of um and i also i do communicate to a lot of my older kids um that really any humor that singles one person out is questionable to me i often will pause before i make that type of joke yeah and ask is this kind Mhm. And is it helpful to this situation <laughs> and I explain that to kids. Um and I also think that another good time to use humor is when potentially you've made a mistake. Oh yeah. Um to to own that mistake and not brush it off with humor, but um but to own that mistake and and then, you know, make Potentially a joke at your own expense, but not that self-deprecating, that self-enhancing. Right.
0: Exactly. Amelia style.
1: It's tricky.
0: It is tricky. Um, but once you get it, it's golden. It is.
1: And I think that really the key is, uh, is this humor based in empathy? Yeah. Because if it's based in empathy, then really you're not going to go wrong.
0: That's right. Because everybody will will get it. Everybody's along for the ride. Yes.
1: Like, get in this humor van with me. No, don't get in (laughs) vans, children. I'm just kidding. I didn't mean it. (laughs) Um, But yes. Okay. Potty humor. Okay. Potty humor. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. I know. I do too.
0: I think it's funny that kids think it's funny. And I think the reason kids think it's funny is because it's gross to everybody
1: mm-hmm.
0: Things that are gross or funny. It's something that literally happens behind closed doors, right. you know, it's so private. we don't, so it's a private thing that everybody has a different way of, of doing. <laughs> um, <laughs> I yeah. mean, generally the same. Um, but, and, and because, people don't like to hear the jokes. So that's what kids find funny too, is that it's a taboo subject. It's we're not right. supposed to know. Yeah. Uh, but I think it is funny. And I think it's an important thing for kids because every kid does it at some point. Yes. D- and, and, and that can make or break how they keep developing their sense of humor. So I think there are ways around making it okay to talk about at home or at certain times or certain places and not okay at other places. Like you definitely don't want them telling poop jokes at school. If teachers aren't into that kind of thing or other parents or other kids. Right. But if you find it funny at home, I don't think there's any reason why you can't tell those jokes at home. So I think it's that thing of, you know, I really love that joke, especially because when you're at home, sometimes mealtime is a big time when you know your family's sitting around you're talking so a lot of times kids will use that opportunity to do potty humor Mm -hmm. I actually don't find it very funny at that time because you're eating and you don't want to think you're eating so I think it's you know there are tactics ways that you can say to kids um, I think that is such a funny joke and I really want to hear about it after I'm done eating because it's it's making my stomach turn. But as soon as we're done eating, can you please remember and tell me that joke again? Because I think it's going to be great. So just like, you know, putting a positive spin on when they can say those and a not so positive one when they can't.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And I totally agree about mealtime. I I do have that rule as a yeah, nanny no. of yeah. no potty humor at while we're eating. Yeah, agreed. I started <laughs> by saying – at the table, but then a lot of times (laughs) they have workarounds of like, well, we're eating in a picnic blanket. (laughs) Yep. Yep, you're you're You're, right. But you got me (laughs) You get one kid. Yeah one joke for that for being very smart. But I think if you give them enough flexibility
0: of when they can say those, they'll they'll take those opportunities and won't want to do it on the times when they really can't.
1: Yeah, and I also love the idea of telling them instead of saying you can't do it and then ending there of saying, I, you know, right now it's not going to be as funny to me, but right. please tell me as soon as we're done eating.
0: Because I want to know, yeah. Because yeah.
1: I do want to know. So providing that opportunity. We've talked about a lot on the podcast, you know, don't just say, don't play with the stick. Tell them how they can play with the stick. right. Um, or if there's a different object that you would rather them play with. <laughs> yeah. Um, cause if, if all you ever hear is don't, then that's a really hard way to exist. And it, and it makes
0: them want to because right. they're pushing boundaries. So like, and if, if, again, if they get that big reaction out of you, I said none of this at the table, they're just going to keep doing it. But if you, don't react as much and you just don't laugh at them, then they're not going to tell that joke again because you didn't laugh at it one time. They want want you to laugh.
1: Right. I also think that talking to them about different audiences. So I would often tell my older kids, like, you know what? We're in a place that there are a lot of little kids and Mm. little kids can't use that type of humor yet. So, like, they can't – little kids aren't allowed to do potty talk like you are. So let's not do it in front of these little kids. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they understand. They mm-hmm. get
0: it. And they kind of feel a little elite to them because they're like, I'm in a club that you're not in yet. Right. And you'll get there, but, you know, I got to save this for you.
1: Yeah. I got to I gotta keep this under wraps and only do it with my six-year-old friends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Or if their parents don't really like potty humor, talking to them about that of like, you know what? I do really enjoy potty humor, but not everyone does. Yeah. So let's think of some jokes together that you can tell your parents that are not potty humor and then we'll make some potty humor jokes. Yeah. Just exactly. us. And then it's again, another little club that they're invited to. And then they, they like, they like that. Right. Yeah. Um... um and then uh, why is laughter super important?
0: Ugh, it's important for so many reasons. I know. Uh, it's – honestly, it's, it breaks those boundaries. It's building connections with people. It's a way to de-stress. You know, we talked about, like, not taking yourself too seriously and seeing different outlooks on the world is so important. Um, you know, seeing all those different perspectives that come with, you know – you're not just in a cave you're you're in a in a dog's mouth that is cavernous and you're like small enough to to fit into that like how does that change your whole perspective on on the way we see things um there's a a quote that's math related but comedy related that laughter is the shortest distance between two people just like a straight line Uh, so I, I I always loved that because for me that is the easiest way that I can connect with people is through laughter. Um, and when I found that out early, I just used that for the rest of my life, <laughs> which has been amazing. I, I love it.
1: Yes, I agree. Yeah, that quote is by uh, Victor Borge. Oh, um, thank you. Because I also looked up that quote because I remembered it, and I but I wanted to cite it. Um, so, thank yeah, you. he was a pianist that. and a comedian. Okay, um, great. I don't know from when. That's all I found out. <laughs> I stopped like, after I found his name. Um but yeah, it's I love that idea that laughter is the shortest distance between two people and I and it's good for your health. Like there have been a lot of studies that laughter really is good for your health. It helps you like breathe better and releases uh endorphins and dopamine and reduces stress, reduces uh, cortisol in your brain, I think. Um, All of that was not backed up by science. These are (laughs) all things that I have not thoroughly investigated, and I apologize if they were inaccurate. There are many articles. There are. um, And if I was wrong and you want to kindly send me an article correcting me, that would be... (laughs) acceptable um but yeah I do I think that um it's it's so important to use humor with kids because also it's a great way for them to learn so we talk about a lot of times kids get into school and learning becomes less and less fun for them Mm -hmm. and I think that some of that does have to do with the lack of opportunity for humor because humor does take time yeah. um, to develop properly. And if they're learning about something new and you can make a joke about it, I still remember jokes from years and years ago uh, yes. because they stick in your brain in a special way because they do have all of those chemicals going on in your brain. yeah. And they get earmarked as happy memories. Agreed. Um, So yeah, I just, I, I also wanted to say that I really think the idea of Second City's yes and, or improv in general's idea of yes and, so accepting in whatever your scene partner or nanny kid is giving you. Yeah. And not saying, no, that's not how the world works, but saying, yes, That what if that dog was flying or that dog is flying? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? It's carrying a basket (laughs) of flowers. Oh, my gosh. I wonder if they smell good. Um, Yeah, so just building on the imagination and humor of children instead of correcting them yeah, is and it's so important for, for
0: you to listen to them and for them to listen to you so they start engaging in that kind of uh learning like listening and responding in that way
1: yes yes and i yeah. i also think it's a great reminder that you can't really find things funny unless you're present true so if you find that you're not laughing a lot in your nanny day i would encourage you to focus on being slightly more present with your nanny kids because they are full of joy yeah. and funny moments um yeah. but when you're stressed it's harder to find those
0: yeah i wanted to touch upon one more thing too yes, um please. because this is a this is a big one for me is physical humor oh yes um, because that can be really tricky, especially for me, I find pratfalls very funny, uh-huh. but I know that they aren't really getting hurt. Right. And that's the only reason that I think they're funny is if it, if somebody really gets hurt, I don't think it's funny, but, but the, you know, Charlie Chaplin-esque falling type of humor, I find hilarious, but a lot of kids don't know that distinction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So they'll actually, and this happened to one of the nanny kids, like right when I started to leave, the humor that he started developing was running into walls, Uh thinking that that was very, very funny. Mm -hmm. And I, I would just encourage again, with that kind of humor, to not completely, you know, don't do that, you're gonna hurt yourself. Instead, you know redirect like "Mm, not your best work I don't think it's that funny you know things like that maybe they won't get a reaction out of so they'll stop doing it
1: yeah I also and this is um more from my theater background so this might not be a genuine response for other nannies but you're welcome to try it is that I talk about how actors when they fall they do it in a way that's very safe for their body and then sometimes we like workshop that of how to fall in a way that's safe for your body and you can look on YouTube has some videos about it um that you can look at like how you're supposed to fall that's safe for your body now you be the judge <laughs> If your kids are developmentally ready for that yeah, yeah. and if they can do it, if they can practice in a way that's safe because you have to be able to practice in a way that's safe.
0: I do think that that's really important because a lot of the TV that kids watch, especially cartoons, it's a lot easier to make cartoons like – in, in physical harm right. to portray them in physical harm because it's a cartoon. They're not actually getting hurt, but they can be, you know, hit over the head with a giant anvil. And <laughs> it's hilarious. Yes, um, it I that Monsters Inc. does a really good job of this because, mm-hmm. you know, they use that fear. And then the first time that they get laughter and that sparks all that energy is when um, Mike Wazowski gets hurt yeah. and you have to keep getting hurt because she's laughing a lot at that. And while they recognize that, then it starts to develop and you see that towards the end, that's not what they're doing to make all these kids laugh. They're doing stand up jokes. They're, you know, knock, knock jokes, all the different types. Um, but, and, and, and knowing that distinction and telling the distinction to kids that they're just pretending they're not really hurting, you know? Right. So if they want to do that humor, like, just pretend to hit yourself over the head. Don't actually do it.
1: Yeah. And then as they get older, I even start teaching them about stage combat and things, which I'm not saying to do that unless you have an understanding of it because it can be super dangerous. But I start telling them that the whole – in stage combat, the person that you're pretending to hit is actually doing the most work. Yes. Um. Because they have to sell it. So we talk about all of that and how you aren't – a lot of times you aren't even touching the other person at all. Yeah, yeah. Um. And so – and what makes the audience believe that you are is how you both react to it, that you react in a way that's genuine, but you're not doing the genuine motions. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, and that's like a whole afternoon.
0: Yeah, <laughs> totally.
1: Which is great. Um,
0: I would also say that when when kids are developing their their style of humor, to really encourage you, even if you don't find it funny, <laughs> as mm-hmm. long as they're being safe, you know, you're not going to think that it's funny because you're an adult. But right. <laughs> I've heard several knock-knock jokes that don't make any sense at all whatsoever. But you got to, you know, they're the most hilarious things in the world because, They're getting made up by the children that you love and they're using their creativity in a way that's just awesome.
1: It is. It's so – yes. Yes. Please laugh uh, at jokes that are not at other people's expense and are safe. Yes. Uh, Those are – and just take joy in the fact that it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. They're honestly most of
0: the time they're just looking at things and saying, you know, <laughs> trash can and you're like,
1: "Oh, yes. Hilarious. There is a trash can." Um, yes. I I completely agree. I think that's a very good point. Yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to share? Oh gosh, I think that's
0: kind of it. Yeah, I it, I, um, I do love, I mentioned this before, but seeing the development of their humor, the the very first thing that I ever saw one of my nanny kids laugh at was a Curious George episode and Curious George got caught in a net and then he took the net off of him immediately and started putting it on all these other things that he saw and a lot of them were people, but then he got to, I think it was like a plate or a fork or a cup and he caught that and it was an object that doesn't normally get caught and he just laughed so hard and that was the very first thing that he laughed I'm like you get it you you're gonna do great
1: yes that's
0: amazing <laughs>
1: I love that um yeah. I also I thought of one other thing uh as you were telling that story is that as a nanny um or a parent Be sure to also think about how you use humor with other adults in front of kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because they are watching and listening. So if you're – yeah, way more than you know. So if you are talking with another adult, model good humor in that situation just as you would if you were talking to a kid. Yeah. And when you're talking about yourself – You know, we were talking about that self deprecating humor. It can be really unhealthy. And if you're modeling that to children, then that's the type of humor that they're going to do because they practice what they see. And so,
0: to themselves and to other people. So it's, you know.
1: Yeah. So just be, you know, (laughs) humor is a really powerful tool, and how you use it is very important. Yeah. So think about that in your day as you go along.
0: Definitely.
1: Um, Wonderful. Well, uh, we end each episode with uh, a funny, cute story. And this one, (laughs) we don't necessarily need to be lifted back up, but I still love these stories. (laughs) Yes. And I actually, I just did a big call for them. I did it on The Nanny Hood, which if you're not in that group, I would highly suggest it. It's a very fun place to be. There's a lot of things to laugh at there. Um, And then I also put out the call on Via The Village, which is a website that you can use to find – nanny jobs or if you're a parent listening you can find nannies on there or other childcare. But it's also a place that you can find uh, nannies to do play dates with or parents to do play dates with or nanny share families or it's the whole idea is to create the village in your uh town and they're spreading across the country. They're based in Chicago, but check them out as well because there's a lot of really good stuff happening there too. That's awesome. Um but this one was from the Nanny Hood and it kind of works perfectly with what we were talking about. So a uh, four and a half year old boy tells his brother, You're Lion and the three year old brother puts his hands up and says, Rawr, like a <laughs> lion. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so thank you, Mary Barone, I believe. If I said your last name wrong, I'm very sorry, Mary. But it was definitely Mary from the nannyhood. Thank you for sharing that. That was so cute and fit perfectly with this episode. Definitely did. Well, thank you so much, Leah. This was amazing. This was so great. Thank you, Martha. I appreciate you having me on again. Yeah. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at SecondBedroomStudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email Chronicles of Nania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands.